You're listening to the Scottish Watchers Live Lux Edition, where we take our weekly live YouTube show and put it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, so that on your way to work or whenever you need some entertainment, you can hear us tell Rick that his voice is fading in and out, play hitmates maybe silently so you don't know who votes for what, and possibly discuss some fun watch content. Also, because the audio comes straight from YouTube, there's always a chance you can't hear anything. But if you do, it'll be great, I promise. Here goes nothing. Welcome, welcome, welcome to what hopefully is a seamlessly introduced Scottish Watches Live, but we will never know until we watch this in the replay. So thank you for tuning in. We have a special guest with us this week who you may already have spotted. He's the one wearing the hat. Oh, but I do notice that he joins us in the Sean Appreciation Society for all of those that have listened to this morning's <laughs> podcast with a suitable ceiling fan in the road. Although it has to be said, if you're watching this on YouTube, you don't have the same view that I've got. In my view, Sean is on top of coal, so it looks like a kind of whole airplane thing. On the view you're seeing on YouTube, you're not actually on top of each other. So it's not quite the same effect, but there we go. Anyway, let's crack on and let's do some introductions. So according to my screen, in fact, no, actually, let's let the guest introduce himself first. So Cole, say hello, say who you are and tell us what you're wearing on the wrist or otherwise. Uh, all right, sure. Hey, I'm Cole. I am an editor at Hodinkee and I'm wearing the, uh, the new Willard, the SPB 153. So this is the green one. It's on the strap and, uh, yeah, I think it's the, the best Seiko release of the year so far. So enjoying wearing it. Very nice. Uh, next up then, we will take Ralph. Where are you and what are you wearing? Okay, I'm coming from Dubai uh, at the moment and I'm wearing the whoops, Hodinky System 51. You crawler. You swatch today. <laughs> Okie doke. And then Philogius, what have you got? Where are you? Hi guys. Yeah, I'm from Singapore. I'm wearing the Monta Triumph. Yeah. Well, appropriate for the day. Good stuff. And then Sean. Hi everyone. It's Sean from Washington, DC. I should have been wearing my Hadinki Summer Breeze swatch, but I've got the plan of Shonaten today instead. Very good, very good. And then Sam. Uh UK, no, USA Sam. Where are you? Hey. It's obviously the USA. There we go. Hey guys, I'm Sam. You could find me on Instagram at Sam and Her Watchbox. And today I'm wearing my yellow Doxa Sub 200. You very nice, very nice. And then Sam number two, who's actually Sam number one because she was the first Sam on. <laughs> you get confused, right? Really <laughs> uh, yeah, hi, I'm Sam, time on her hands, coming from the UK, and I'm wearing the Snoopy Speedmaster. Ooh, that oh. that I stole from a very generous red bar. Member. Yes, you, you stole from David, who has sent me a message just wanting me to check in that you still have it and that you've uh, actually stole it. At the moment. So <laughs> I think I've got about another week or so with it. And oh, is that it right? Very good. Very good. And then Derek. I'm Derek in Brooklyn, New York, and I'm wearing the CWC Malore today. Very good. And finally, but obviously not least, Sophie. Hey guys, I'm Sophie Rindler, uh, Instagram Sophie Rindler, and I'm wearing a Parker D-Day watch today. Very good. Good stuff. Now, I believe some of you also have some other things with you in the room, but you, you felt it was appropriate just to show Cole. We know that recently he has been having some PTSD episodes, so we <laughs> only want to make this very brief, but if all your special items that you brought with you today, you could just show Cole. Cole will assess as to which he thinks is the best. So at the count of three, two, one, Cole. Yeah, there we go. Paul wow. brought some Ooh. travel boxes. Actually, the summer of them are pretty decent. I don't think I've paid $6,000 for any of them, I have to say. Although, the wee, the wee robot that Derek... Derek, I love yours. Great ones Who has the best travel clock? I, I think Derek's is fantastic. Honestly, everyone. Ralph's is sweet, too. I like Sophie. Logius. Oh, <laughs> and yeah, the Citizen Quartz Classic. <laughs> I, I think everyone really is... Uh, really brings Push the boy. Push the boy. Right, we will now just, because he's a, running a bit late, we're going to let Gigi in the room, so we'll let him in the room. Uh, so, Cole, let's begin with what you have been up to. As I understand that you have been touring 
America trying to write America's next great novel, <laughs> inspired by William Faulkner. But all I've seen on your Instagram is pictures of you with fish and you yeah. red cars. <laughs> so what has any of this got to do with you writing the next great American novel? Well, I never never set out to write the next great American novel. However, who knows, that might become of this. Uh, yeah, I, I think relevant to watches, well, obviously, you know, COVID was a thing here, of course, as it is everywhere in the world. Um, and I just figured you're, you're better off going into the woods and being by yourself than you are hanging around New York metropolitan area. So I took off in my truck and figured I would uh, kind of snake down the East Coast and hang out in national parks and also test this marathon so that that was kind of the impetus of this whole thing was uh to do like an extended week on the wrist more like a month on the wrist and actually uh and never take it off you know kind of just literally whatever comes my way which doing the whole living out of the truck thing uh a lot of weird stuff happens so that was the idea yeah stuff. so, so while, while you were being an outdoors woodsman hiding <laughs> in a in your truck or sleeping in the back seat or whatever and testing this marathon how often did you actually wash in order to be able to test its water resistance uh so i tried to follow the rule of staying in a motel one every three nights so i took a shower with the watch on so there's some water resistance testing but i also took it out in the gulf of mexico quite a bit um uh diving and fishing and all that stuff so and and something that's interesting that i found that i think a lot of folks don't talk about is not necessarily the water resistance of a watch, but how well you can rinse the saltwater debris off of the watch. Because something I found with the marathon is that the little gap between the case and the bezel, salt, when, when salt water dries and salt forms, that's hard to get out. Where another watch I was testing, this Seiko that's on my wrist, that gap is closed. So you can, the salt doesn't get in there. So that's one thing that folks don't ever talk about that after having done this, for, for a little while now. I think the, the rinsing procedure is actually really important. Oh, obviously rinsing and repeating is, is vital, <laughs> as I terrible. know from my hair care regime, hmm. as, does, as does Ricky. Ricky, incidentally, is not on the show today, and neither is Dave, because they're both hiding out in Switzerland somewhere, as I mm. understand it. Uh, Gigi has now joined us. Hello, Gigi. Hello, can you hear me? Yes, I believe yeah. you've been banned right. from going to Switzerland. Well, I've been banned, but I think so is Ricky. So, <laughs> oh, is that right? Has he not made it? No, hmm. my, and, and Dave either. So, uh, all right, well, I haven't, uh, I haven't spoken today, so we will fight. Uh, unfortunately, in, in, in the UK issued a travel kind of ban on Switzerland as well yesterday evening, so hmm. we were all set up and uh, and we were we got completely, you know, <laughs> screwed at the end. So yeah. I was ready to leave this morning. Yeah, so wait, they did not accept you into Switzerland? No, I have no problems. Italy is not as uh, doing this badly, but England is now uh, needs a two-week quarantine. <coughs> Scotland, <coughs> Scotland, <laughs> the UK, it's not okay. one country. The, U the UK, the UK. Sorry, uh, boom. The UK people coming back from Switzerland from the UK have to have to quarantine, self-quarantine for two weeks. Yeah. I don't oh, think Ricky wow. was too hot on that. So. No, no. Uh, Good stuff. Okay, doke. So, Cole, while you've been on your tour, you have still been a busy boy because a couple you. of really great articles have popped up. So I thought maybe we should just have a quick run through a couple of these before we get on to matters of new releases. I was fascinated by this, hmm. which is an F-16 pilot who does displays. The UK equivalent is the Red Arrows mm -hmm. and that they are still using... Uh, mechanical stopwatches in order to do their routines. This is Major, is it Michelle Curran? Curran, yeah, Curran, however. Curran. Yeah. Uh, so tell us exactly what the, save us reading, because, you know, okay. the, the uh, video show to make us read an article. Sure, sure. What do they actually but, use it for? So basically, they use it for opposing passes. So there's six Thunderbirds total. Four of them will fly in a diamond formation and two of them will branch off. So those two pilots are called the opposing and lead solos. Oh, wow. And they will actually cross each other. Like in this picture, that's the knife edge pass. So in order to sync up so that they cross exactly at show center so that the most amount of people can actually see them cross each other at that point, 
they use stopwatches at hack points, which are predetermined points around the area that when both of them branch off, they'll come around, hack here, and then it has to be 30 seconds until they cross pass. And they use this mechanical stopwatch for that. Yeah, and, and I think the interesting thing about this is A, it's a stopwatch that can pull nine Gs. So as we know, like in any free sprung balanced assembly, so forth, that's kind of kind of crazy to think that they're pulling nine Gs during this these maneuvers, not during the solo passes when the stopwatch is activated. However, during the whole show, they're pulling nine Gs multiple times. And these stopwatches are mechanical and they make it through that, uh, which is kind of crazy to think. And they're also standard issue. So it's not like there's a digital uh, clock inside the F-16. It, it's actually a modification that the Thunderbirds make. So that's kind of crazy. And that's that was really the, the magic of the story is in that there's this anachronistic stopwatch in this you know crazy fighter jet, F-16. So that that's very interesting. So I got on a Zoom with uh, Major Karan and uh, I actually went last weekend to go see the performance that she talked about, which was in uh, Ocean City, Maryland. And it was every bit as cool. I mean, I've seen them dozens of times growing up, but uh, it was very cool to see the passes and know, okay, this is when they're hacking. This is when they're adjusting their speed so that they cross show center at the same time. And uh, yeah, so that that's that story. So go on then. How desperate wow. were you for her just to go? Echo, one of these planes has got, it's a two-seater just to pop in. The D, yeah, the F-16D. So. Uh -huh. I obviously that would be a dream. That would be an absolute dream uh, to fly in an F-16. But I think I'm pretty far off from that. But you never know. I mean, they do do media flights and so forth. I doubt with COVID, it's a huge thing, given the cockpit environment. However, if you're hooked up to oxygen, then what does it matter anyway, right? You have your own unique <laughs> atmosphere right here. So we'll see. F-16 with fitted ventilator just in case of emergencies. Well, yeah, I mean, oh, they... Very, very cool story. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool indeed. Uh, anyone got any particular questions for Paul? Any other big airplane buffs in the chat or on the video? Any you guys see? I think I think I read. I read that the Blue Angels uh, use this. Is that accurate? <laughs> <laughs> I, w I wouldn't put it past them to be honest. I thought they have R two D two. It's only in the Air Area Fifty One shows for R two. Uh, that would be cool. And then I watched, I've seen you review that I'm particularly interested in, mainly because of how expensive it is mm. in relation to what, to just, you've obviously had hands on with us to try and you know, tell us uh, what you think of it in terms of a value proposition. Is this, which you've reviewed recently, this is Citizen Wave GPS. Now, this titanium strap looks absolutely awesome. Yeah, Did it is. Did you get to play with this for a wee while? Yep, yeah. So with this, you, you wear it either for a day, a few days at a time. This one, it is as awesome as it looks. It, I wouldn't think of it as a value proposition, only because it is sort of the halo watch in this range. It's kind of citizen putting their best tech into something and using, this is all titanium. So. The bracelet's titanium. The case is actually multiple pieces, so it, it comes together. So you can see here, if you look, this middle section, the case actually it comes together like this in titanium, encapsulates the whole thing. Um, and Citizen uses, so here, here's what I would love to write something longer on, but this wasn't quite the time, but this titanium will be used in the Hakuto R lunar lander. So the rover and the lander will use this titanium. So. The story goes that a long time ago, not a long time ago, like 2007 or eight or something like that, or maybe even a little more recently, I'm not sure exactly when, Google put out a bid, uh, you know, for folks to apply for money and backing uh, in this lunar mission. And Citizen actually put down some money and helped out this project called Hakuda. And that was very, very much like I don't know, SpaceX or something here, but in its infancy. So it's a Japanese research team called Hakuto that wanted to build this lander. Citizen backed them. Uh, then obviously the, they do more and more research, so forth. And later 
recently, Citizen actually gave them the technology behind their titanium, uh, which is called super titanium. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> super titanium. But yeah, very, very much so. But they actually gave that technology to this research group that they backed. So that's, that's very cool. Uh, just to see how, the way I see it, watches are helping something far beyond, maybe much more important than just watches, right? So they developed the super titanium for this watch and other watches too. They have different levels of titanium. And now it's finding its way into a lunar rover, which is just kind of interesting. I think that's really the key with this watch. Wearing it, yeah, it, it's cool, but it's for a very niche audience, you know. And does it weigh absolutely nothing? in comparison to its heft and its bulk. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, like any titanium watch, even though there are grades of titanium, of course, but this one specifically, since it has a titanium bracelet, you would think it would weigh a little bit more and so forth, it doesn't. It, it wears like, titanium almost wears weight-wise like ceramic. It's, you know, it disappears. Wow, and it articulates really well. That's the cool thing about it. The bracelet really does articulate well. And I'm, I'm not really, you know, traditionally a, uh, like Garmin, G-Shock, uh, Citizens, and, and like the Seiko Arnie. I can't even like really get into those personally, naturally. They're cool from a ideological standpoint to me, but this watch, I felt like knowing that you have something uh, that has a link to the lunar rover, I think that that is super compelling to me. Yeah. What is the price of this? Five. I think it's 5,000 bucks, which, yeah, that's a lot, but it, then again, I mean, watches across the board, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but <laughs> watches across the board are getting kind of expensive, you know? Yeah, it's yes, yes, it's not getting Even G-Shocks are getting prohibitively expensive now, <laughs> yeah. too. dollars so. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, geez. Has anybody tried one of the Mr. Gs that are the kind of three, $4,000 types? Mm. Anyway, I've never even seen one. Can you get them in boutiques? I'm, I'm not sure you can even get them in boutiques. They're right. They're just uh, very rare things coming. I mean, I'm not even sure that Dave's got one. Uh, he must have. <laughs> exactly. So, and then finally, just on the Cole Roadshow, uh, this has actually just come out today. So I don't know a great deal about it other than it looks pretty special. And this is a Swatch Etienne Roma Synergy. Quite sure what the synergy refers to by Carrie Vutalainen. My guess is the synergy between the two, uh, well, kind of the manufacturer of Swartz Etienne and then Dial and so forth from Carrie coming together and creating some synergy, you know? <laughs> and how much of Carrie is involved in the movement? Movement. How much are Swartz Etienne involved in the case and the rest of the structures? Do we know? Uh, Carrie is mainly involved in the gear shea that's applied to both sides of the watch and the dial, of course. Yeah. Um, movement is not movement is all shorts. It's shorts. Etienne. case is shorts. Etienne. the Roma is a model in their line already. So the Roma exists. Now this is Carrie's treatment, uh, to the right, Roma. So, that, so this should be viewed as being a Swartz Etienne watch. Correct. Carrie Butelainen as a collaborator rather celebrity than guest as a celebrity guest much like uh, today on no although you don't get to go away with a really expensive watch uh, it's a micro rotor which is always cool you can't be a good micro rotor yeah and schwartz etienne is kind of that's their thing micro rotors so that's right. why it's interesting as well and schwartz etienne is doing amazing work now not just for themselves but also for many other brands mm. and Maybe. it is yeah, Ming, but I think I saw that they were doing it for some a couple other brands that I just read about. I can't remember which one. But it's just impressive how this um, this brand that nobody knew literally like five years ago. I discovered this brand in 2015. So it was almost at like the the rebirth of the brand. Uh, I think it was taken over by, by the new owner. And I remember at that time they were doing this massive box with watches that represented each planet of the solar system. And each one of them was made uh, with either a stone dial that was representing the planet or something, a color that were representing the planet. It was like this massive case. It was absolutely gorgeous. 
And, um, and they were so creative, but nobody gave them the time of day. It took them a while to kind of get out of the newcomer type of brand. And then they started working with these other, these other companies and these other brands and, and really building their calibers and becoming a true horological reference when it comes to mechanics. And I'm really impressed with the, um, the way this brand evolved in the last five years. And they're so cool too, like the whole team is so nice. It's very easy to work with. So I, I love to see that. And now they're collaborating with Carrie, it's awesome. Like they're really going up there. And are they based, you know, are they from the same area? How, how would they know each other just because people know each other in these kind of industries? Or it's a small, it small world. <laughs> Back between these companies. I have the one you're talking about, Sophie, just here. I think this is what you're referring to. This is from World Tempest. Mm -hmm. this is their yeah, yeah, planet. there it is. Nice. This is all the planets. Which probably it was such a cool. Yeah. And they, and they use complication. You can see they use different complications where the planets were rotating around the dial. It was brilliant. Difficult to wear, like, you know, because it was, first of all, it was expensive, of course. I mean, justifyingly so. But like it says in French, une planète pour chaque jour means a, a planet for each day. So it was seven watches. So I guess I got it a little wrong. I thought it was all the planets, but it's actually each day of the week was represented by its own planet. I knew there was a reason we had you on this show. So as you could <laughs> 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 that's good, that's good. Well, well, you know, it's so daring though. Imagine a brand that nobody knows that goes into the production and the development of something like this. This is just, you know, it's daring. It's, it's bold. I, I was, I thought this, the, these people were either going to crash under the, the weight of the financial burden, but they got lucky that they had um, either an investor or one of the owners of the brand has money and, and managed to actually pump it into the development. And they succeeded. And I, I think it's a very, uh, it's a great accomplishment. And it's a brand that we should reach out to and have them on a podcast. Just okay, <laughs> well... You can reach out. You're not, you're not officially the booking agent. <laughs> uh, away, away you go. This is actually a better shot of them from watching Easter uh, of the watches. And there's a story, or this is the original story from watching Easter on Swatch Etienne, legend rising from the ashes. So, talking about things rising from the ashes, and now we'll move on to a bit more general chat. This is from Fratello. See if they can get rid of all their pop dates. Uh, I was never a Street Fighter. I was a what was the other game called? Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I was more yeah. a Mortal Kombat type. Street Fighter uh, was like the Betamax versus VHS. But these are pretty cool looking. Uh, and this is that. So Seiko Five seems to be becoming the platform for Seiko, rather than letting the modding community doing stuff. They're just doing it themselves. So, who has an opinion on this little lot? I think they're great, actually. I, I love the JoJo series they made just for Japan. And uh, actually, I was surprised to see them do something for the globally, because usually that stuff is like Japan only. So, um, I think they're... Uh, I'm not sure if they're onto something. I don't know how much they're going to sell around the world. You know, how many Street Fighter nerds are there? Uh, mm. Like under under twenty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, at my age, maybe okay. But um, and they're actually well, they're cheap for us, maybe because you're thinking, okay, what is it like three hundred, four hundred, five hundred, you know, dollars? That's not a big um, amount to spend. But for somebody who's like you know into video games and maybe young and may not have a lot of money, that may be what five hundred dollars for a watch? No way. But um, <laughs> That's that's the kind of feedback I'm getting from my younger friends, <laughs> when I showed them the Mo the JoJo uh, series. I said, oh, they're just like six hundred dollars, and they said six hundred dollars for a watch, you know. <laughs> so I said, okay, that's it. Bye bye. <laughs> hey, that's the, that's the price of the Apple Watch, ish. Yeah, I know, but an Apple Watch has got a lot of tech in it. This is just like, it's got a lot of design in it, I suppose, but not much tech. But uh, you know, there, there's the young generations for you anyway. But yeah. convince, a, convince a teenager instead of buying the PlayStation 5, 
buy a Seiko 5. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. that. That's, that. That's, that's, that's not happening. Like, no, no, no way. <laughs> I think I think these are probably like much more for uh, older older folks with nostalgia than for modern yeah. video game. Could be, could be. Kids. So are, are any of you feeling nostalgic enough to want to buy one of these? I didn't even know Street Fighters. Never heard of that. I guess we didn't have it in so it's like totally meaningless. And I had you down as being a video gamer, Sophie. I thought that would be really <laughs> You've been spent video gaming and stealing watches off of people at school. Can't do it all. But, you know, I had to choose my battles. <laughs> I'm so, waiting for this Soul Calibur special editions. That was my thing on the on the Dreamcast. I don't know if they do a Sonic the Hedgehog one. But I'm that old. Was, that, was, that, was, that was my generation. Uh, uh, but there we go. So they, they are pretty cool. I mean, they did that Brian May one recently. Did anybody know a couple of folk uh, yeah. bought that special edition? Uh, Seiko 5. I don't know if anybody else was tempted. Uh, I was certainly tempted very briefly. But, uh, but there we go. So that's the Seiko 5s for you. I'm sure there'll be a lot more coming, coming around. Cole, in your travels, have you seen many of these kind of odd special editions that Seiko have produced? Uh, yeah, and I think one thing that's super interesting is that we don't cover a lot uh, since it's in another language and so forth. All the JDM stuff I've seen, uh, Thailand has a ton of editions that never make it out. And, you know, all of, you know, Washington, Hodinki, da, 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 no one covers these things. So they're definitely out there. There's some weird stuff out there. Seiko also makes things for events in Japan. Uh, one, one thing that's cool that a grail of mine is the King's watch, the Thai King's birthday watch, which uh, we'll never see again, or the yellow monster, which was made back in the early 2000s. But yeah, I've seen a bunch of them. I think they're super, super cool. And someone should do a reference points type article of all of these weird limited edition Seikos that no one sees. There you go, Fogus. This is, this is your department. You're, you're based over that way. You must see more of these I, I... than the most. Well, I, I'm not really into the Seiko, Seiko world, but I do have a friend who has um, collected, I think, over 400 Seikos. Oh uh, I think he has, he has like Holy four cow. of the yellow monsters that Zach, uh, sorry, that Cole was talking about. With, uh, and he, but he particularly specializes in Seiko models that are made in, uh, sorry, movements are made in Singapore. Mm. So he has, he has collected all the vintage ones of them. Yeah, I'm actually looking to do a like article and a, interview with him at some point but it's a lot of work because he has like 300 300 pieces to go through well i mean we don't pay for articles but you know if you tap up coal maybe it'll get you, get you. <laughs> <laughs> hey cole cole does does the hodiki japan site cover any of the more like regional stuff that doesn't make it to the u.s site they they do i mean they're finding their feet still in that regard but they certainly cover a lot of japanese independence that we don't uh cover typically like the corona i think they covered and we didn't but yes that does happen but it's very much it's it's the taste of those two editors over there it's not standard okay let's cover japanese only stuff so you will see it sometimes okay. but not all the time yeah good stuff well we are now going to try our first round of hit miss maybe so we have four watches so first of all let's let's see your signs that you've all made in art and craft class let's see your hit miss maybe is oh gg's going high tech yeah, there we go some of you are still back to front oh look at the color again sam has Sam, <laughs> Sam has put in special effort. No, the, the, the um, cartridge went out on the printer. Right. <laughs> and, and because Sophie left it to the last minute, I'm not going to tell her how to change her settings on her laptop. So that it reverses the image. Oh, it's not yeah, wrong, it's back, Sophie. It's back yeah. on, but we're not going to tell you how to fix that. It's so, not. anyway, first, first, up this, first up this week then is to be this and yes i did say that this was from uh, notice on the smorex podcast at least three times before i eventually <laughs> corrected because it's the noble so it should be the notice snowball not the monta it should be the monta something beginning with m but there we go so this is the monta noble uh somebody asked whether it should it be the nobel but it's not it's it. the noble i assume <laughs> nobel would be a copyright infringement of some description from the dear people in either Norway or Sweden, but there we go. So, Monta, there are some Montas in the room. 
Who said that they were wearing a monta? Lulligus. Yeah, it's mine. There we go. So you're the expert. So take us away, Flogius. What do you think of this? I think it's something. It's something that the the fans of the brand have been asking for a while, because they they really specialize in sports models that are more dress in a sense more dressy, more elegant. The thickness are generally all under under ten for the Triumph, and even the divers are I think around 11, 11.5, if I'm not wrong. So I think people have been calling for a dress watch from them, and this is this is as close as they've come come with one. I think a lot of people like the Opalin Dow on the Atlas, which is probably why they did did one in this. But I think the blue one is something that is really different from the brand in terms of uh, Dow design. And it's it's very interesting. Uh, I like the way they, they play with the space. So it's the design language is very consistent with their more sporty models, but with the polished bezel and then the completely uh the, the completely applied markers on the on the DAO, it makes the whole thing a bit more elegant, a bit more classy. And it also justifies, I think, the price increase that they are looking to uh, bring in, in, in sometime, sometime soon. Uh, because of all these uh, little touches and little changes to the whole design. Uh, the one thing I was quite interested to, to notice was the fact that they are now using the Calibus, uh, their own Monta named Calibus. I think you guys talked about it on the podcast as well. Um, previously, they were very open about the Salita 300 being used on the website. So uh, it's just, just an interesting thing that, that has changed with this model. Yeah, we commented on that this morning as to why we're suddenly calling this their own caliber uh, on the same week that Watch Finder also set out a wee reminder about Bremen's uh, or about Bremen Gate. I think it's probably enough to call it a gate now. It's been long enough with uh, their own stuff with own calibers as to why Monta decided to go. So what does everybody else think of this just now? Yeah, Impressed? I like it. I like it. I think it's oh, no, a great. We're not take, we're not taking votes yet. You're all you're all peak too oh, soon. Yeah. Peak, peak it's too a soon. You think it's a right? Okay, we'll let you we'll let you vote. You're, you're ruining. You're ruining this. We're gonna be We're gonna get everybody. We don't know the rules. Come on, Rick. It's the first time. Oh, the rules. So right, okay. Uh, my comments on this were, and I think Ricky had actually observed it was this gap, the gap that seems to be showing on the bracelet as to whether it is actually a gap or it just happens to be the way that it naturally sits and that it's okay. I'm not I sure that's a cute, it's, 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 it's polished, polished. No? It looks like just like a polished reflection. Do we think, well, obviously Ricky I think that's a bevel. That's a bevel. It's like, the grand, it's like a Grand Seiko case. That they can have that yeah. little, yeah, it's similar to a Grand Seiko it's I have. Yeah, polished. Beveled inside, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure it'll pass calls. Not sure it'll pass That's the word. Yeah, there's no way Manta would make a gap like this. Like their finishing is so always spot on. This is actually probably like an, a design touch of having this really specific polish right there. Is there another photo of it? I, there are points. Let's see if there's any. And I think this, yeah, this chamfering there. Oh. The chamfering there might look really nice when you wear a wear it on a strap. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Right, gives some nice yeah. reflection there. Yeah. And the only I, thing I, I wasn't entirely convinced about was the crowd. The crowd was funny. Yeah, the crowd was a bit yeah. a bit odd. Uh, Looks like a shaving brush. What, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> what's the size? That's exactly what's, what they were going for. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, thirty-eight and a half, I believe. I believe Ricky edited out this morning a further comment that we had a chat about what else would compete with us and one of them once was the Christopher Ward C65 uh, as being a sort of slight equivalent uh, for comparison purposes, uh, whether we agree with that or not. So we were going to do this properly now is you're all, so the good people at home are watching the monitor you all hold up your signs at the same time, and then I do a reveal. You see? Okay. So hold up your signs, okay. and then when I see you've all held them up. Right, okay. So here we go. And then I reveal one, two, three. It is a hit, it's a, I think. Yes. Yeah. It counts as Sophie, a it's hit. a tear. It's a tear. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. 
that's a hit for Monta. I'm sure they'll sell absolutely stacks of these. Yeah, yeah, somebody better way. tell Monta. There's, there's, there's no doubt. But yeah, tell let's let Monta know they've got a hit. Uh, then we have next up on a slightly different plane of existence. This from Grubel Forzi. The Balancier S. I mean, it, does this look like a Grubel 40? Be my yes. first question. It's a very <laughs> weird looking watch. Yeah. Yeah. I I, it, really, yeah. it really plays with like your eye when you just look at it straight on. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it makes you really look like, what? what is this? <laughs> I, can't, I can't think of any other watches that have that kind of you know, that angle dipping down um, like that. Strange architecture. Mm. Yeah, it's like a Salvador Dali watch. Yeah. Drunk. Yeah. A drunk. brain. <laughs> it's got hidden depths like Ricky pretends he's got. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. On the one hand, how can you not like it because of all the tech that's involved? Mm. Uh, it is a spectacular looking watch. There's no, I mean, look at that. There's no yeah. doubt that yeah. that's something very special. Uh, and it's got so, the word perfection written on it right, right there. There you go. Maybe mark them down oh, for boasting and being full of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> the, that's cool. What's the case cool. thickness on it since they had to like do that angle in it? Do you know? Ooh, variable. Sure. I think Very. I think it's about fifteen <laughs> if I'm not wrong. Fifteen. It is fifteen point six. So forty three so it varies from thirteen point seven five to fifteen point six, it would appear. So but not I if you put it on a table, right? Why make it vary that much? Yeah, I think the it's, it's the case and the crystal, yeah. Oh, okay. The case is 13, crystals 15. Makes sense. <laughs> so it's 13. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> With the crystal. With the crystal, it's 15. <laughs> so, there we go. I, I, I mean, I, I suspect this wears phenomenally. I suppose it's a real, wear like a Richard meal in terms of comfort, despite the fact that it's 43 mil. So there we have it. That is something. A bit special. What's the price on it? Just to just oh, to make us laugh. Can yeah. we just laugh a little? All right. You know what? For a group oh. that's, that's, that's cheap. Bad. That's cheap. But that's cheap for, for a group, a group of people. Seriously. Yeah. I do think they might have done something a bit more. Yeah. On the back. I mean, maybe yeah. it's just. I think they're probably just hiding a battery under here. What do you think? <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Did I see this right? That is only thirty-seven millimeters. No, it's forty-three. I. Think. Think. Yeah. Oh, damn it! Forty-five. 45. Ah, forty-five. Sorry. Then. Okay. Ah, the movement is thirty-seven. Oh, sorry, sorry. I watched. Okay. Looked at yeah. the wrong thing. Wow, that's okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so there you go. Yeah, anyway, let's hold up our signs. Right. Okay. Let's do this again. Hold up your signs. Is that a hit? A miss? Or maybe feel free to join in at home in the comment section. Mm -hmm. And this is a. Maybe a hit, a few more maybes, a definitive miss, but probably on average a hit from Google Forzy. Uh, I suspect they'll sell. Oh, I think it's all a maybe. Oh, maybe. You think I it's think a maybe? It's a maybe. A maybe. Yeah, one more maybe. Sof Sophie's learning the technology as we <laughs> go along. Now, this might be a bit more of a divisive one. Uh, I think just because people were surprised by some of the specs. Uh, this is the Accutron Space View. I'd be interested, certainly, in the chat uh, on YouTube to know what folk think of this. What do you, the good people of Scottish Watches Live, think about this? Anyone own an original Accutron other than Ricky? I, I, I have an old one. Does it work? No. Yeah, it works. I've 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 bought some new batteries, but I've had it. I have to replace the battery every like four or five months if I want to continuously oh. wear it. But it's, does it's it cool. hum? Does it hum? It does. Do you hear yeah, oh. if you hold it up. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. I like it. So this is the same but different from a brand that is now just called Accutron rather than Beluva with a model called an Accutron. They appear to be spinning. Uh, 
this is its own standalone brand uh, out separately. And this is electrostatic rather than battery powered. So it's effectively mm -hmm. like the old Accutron, but with a fancy electrical automatic system attached to it, sort of. Uh, but it's powered basically by rubbing two very small balloons that are inside <laughs> together to produce electricity, <laughs> which is then stored in here and then makes the quartz crystal that they could just have powered using a battery move around. Does it make your hair stand up then? Yeah, it's a Van de Graaff generator. Well, the price does. <laughs> price will make your hair stand on end, if nothing else. Uh, Cole, have you been able to handle one at all? I, I, I haven't handled it i haven't put it on but i've seen one in the office a while back yeah mm -hmm. um yeah and it's and it is personally every bit as cool as uh it looks yeah price sure it's it's for a very specific demographic i guess someone who is willing to do that but something the coolest thing about this watch is if you watch the action with the lights off which i don't know if there's any media anywhere but you will see the uh, uh arcs and so forth wow Wow. Oh, really? You can actually see it sparking, producing mm -hmm. the electricity that's being stored. <laughs> that's cool. I I see, that's cool. That's <laughs> worth five grand that's, now. Or see, yeah. That's it. All you needed to do was say that it was fitted with lightning bolts, uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Frankenstein's monster, and it was sold itself. Sold. Yeah. The cases are very different in that picture. Yeah, I just noticed that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's a few different models. I only yes. like the special edition case, like the regular was oh, well. kind of like, eh. I believe the one on the left is the standard, and this is the special edition. Yeah, I, like, yeah, okay. yeah, I think so. Uh, which I assume is only available on this rubber strap and is slightly smaller in terms of overall dimensions, I think, than this. But then obviously you can attach other uh, other stuff to it because it's got lugs. Still pretty uh, big, though. It yeah. is. It's 45 mil. Wow. Yeah, wow. don't you want don't you want something that looks that cool to be a little bit bigger? I, I mean that's why I wear pan and I obviously. <laughs> uh, because so, it just looks so cool. When you fuel your car, can you wear the watch? A good question. <laughs> that's like mean, sparks, sparks, sparks flying. Yeah. That's yeah. a great <laughs> question. I think that deserves a Scottish Watches Houdinki collaboration. <laughs> I will I will provide the car and the watch and James Stacey can fill it with fuel and I'll step back twenty or thirty meters and we'll see what happens. I think it'll be fine. It's not it'll be nothing will happen. Then that just means we'll get a free car and a free watch, you know. That's true. And we'll get and we'll get to Sue Belova for <laughs> Stacey. Uh, so there we go. Uh, yeah, it, it, is a, it is a cool looking watch. It will be interesting to see how many of them of the standard models they actually sell and, and how how quickly they come into general circulation. So let's have a vote. Get your cards and your placards ready. And our audience says it is a couple of misses, a hit, I think probably on averaging on the bone average. It's a maybe. It's a maybe for everybody. So there we there's go. a couple of there's a couple of hits in the uh, YouTube chat, so that might Is push there? it over the edge. All right, okay. I know we're ignoring them. They don't oh, <laughs> we just want their advertising revenue for rewatching this video. That's how we're interested. Anyway, so so there we go. That's from uh, Accutron. And then finally for this, this is my favorite watch of the week. But I don't get a vote. So this is, and it maybe doesn't look that spectacular at first. This is the third, this is from uh, Watches by SGX, this review. This is the Ferdinand Bertoud. Now, it looks pretty kind of average and under the radar until you look a bit closer and you see that it has a fusion chain and a Remontour de Galate and all of this nice loveliness in yeah, the cool. background. It is it's quite awesome. spectacular. Uh, does anybody understand? We don't, unfortunately, we couldn't afford to get Jack on the show from Hodinki. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody actually understands here how the fusion chain works or what on 
God's good earth a remontoir de Galatea actually is. But would anybody in the room care? Sam, you work for a watchmaker. No, you I must understand I, this. Um, our clockmaker tried to explain to me one day, and it's kind of the co it's the cone, isn't it? And yeah. as the power runs out, it gets towards the lower end of the cone, so it doesn't need as much power to go around. It's basically like a wankel <laughs> engine, if anybody knows what that is, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Master. A rotary gearbox. <laughs> a rotary I think both of those components are just about, like, consistent torque, isn't that right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, through the, through the life of the power. Energy, right, with the consistent torque, I yeah. think it also, it also has the purpose of saving energy. So you can have a longer power reserve. Unless I'm mistaken, but that's what I think. Even the the, <laughs> the remontoir d'égalité okay. <laughs> does that. Something that Dave Pigeon plays about with as well. He has a, yeah. I think, more than one uh, remontoir in his, uh, and I think it's to do with because it's the spring is inefficient because it's very it has a much stronger force at the beginning and a much yeah. weaker force at the end. So a watch right. will be more precise. And <clears throat> it's basically it's energy that you throw away at the beginning that you would need at the end. So uh, there must be some kind of gearing inside. And what comes to mind is uh, one of those variable transmissions you have in, uh, in automobiles where one of the spindles become larger, one becomes smaller. So the force is equal, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. There's a co conic conical, what you were saying, Sam, there's a yeah. sort of cone in there somewhere. Very small one, I suppose, because it's a watch. But uh, that's what comes to mind. I'm not sure about, really sure about it, but um, looks cool. <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's like one, one takeover for the other. So exactly. Sapphire on the side, right? Yeah. It does have cool. one additional trick, which is this, which is it has a porthole. This is from Revolution. I don't know to what extent it will show well on the video, oh. but it's got a wee window at the side. So as you can see, your bicycle chain going round in circles. Exactly, that is so uh, cool. Because, cool. frankly, if wow. you're going to pay, let me just get back to it's what cheap, the price like? was. <laughs> at, at half <laughs> the price. I mean, it is awesome. If you're a watch yeah. geek and you happen to have a spare... Let me just see how much spare money you would have. That was way, way down at the bottom of this article somewhere. <laughs> oh, God. Well, good grief, they went to town on the photographs of this. There you go. Wow. Where is I it? I just need a price. We just need a price. All we care about is how much it costs us. There you go. Uh, 210,000 Swiss francs. And handily for Philogius, mm -hmm. converted it into <laughs> 307,000 Singapore dollars for your file. So you can, you can. Yeah, I'll that. just sell my mum's house for that. <laughs> so I think you probably need to sell your mother, not just your mother's house. <laughs> uh, oh, you'd be surprised at how expensive houses are here, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I, I mean, Ferdinand Bertuth are normally known for creating watches that have a lot of real estate on the dial. This is actually quite a traditional looking watch on the dial, but they're. Uh, to quote Robin, was it business at the front, party at the back? Yes, yes, exactly. I'll let you say that. Uh, absolutely. Cool. I think it's so, interesting. Sorry, I think it's like interesting the size they made it of because, like, I don't know if they're going for like a dress watch. I, I mean, I don't know what you guys like classify as a dress watch, like what size, but I think it's a little bigger for that. Yeah, it's 44 yeah. mil, so it ain't we. Oh, yeah. uh, so, this or the Accutron, maybe double wrist would be the solution. <laughs> It's like a wearable maritime chronometer. Yeah, that's what I was, I yeah was, I mean, it's what it's based on, yeah. They used to make really big uh, wristwatches, and it had that design that was very, like you said, the, the marine chronometer. It was just very bulky. I didn't like the brand when, you know, it came out and at the beginning because I just didn't like their design. I loved what was inside and I loved the story and the reason why it came back to, um, to modern time. I think it's brilliant, uh, but I never liked the design. This one, what I, I really think it has so much modernity to it from the crown to the shape of the case, to the lugs, to the, the whole distribution. It's a very contemporary modern watch with an insane mechanics. I mean, I think this is yeah. really special. It's beautiful. 
It's also yeah. enamel, like a multi-layer enamel dial, which I'm sure looks pretty mm. cool in real life. Yes, this is yeah. unusual in that it's an enamel dial, but it has two levels to it, if not more than two. I don't know if it's a close-up shot of the dial, but having... Just go through go through all 60 pictures again. Yeah, having got one at our date's place in Glasgow and seeing the carnage that ensues of trying to make a single uh, enamel dial, that's quite special. You can see it's stepped down. Oh, and it's so, it's so interesting to have such simplicity on the dial and then you turn it and it's like what the hell like how can you have such simplicity on the dial and yet you turn the watch and it's like this massive complicated uh movement it's it's, it's incredible and it's very legible too yeah it's got no loom though but it looks <laughs> like the, 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 sec the back of the second hand line Miss. up with the minute hand oh yeah yeah oh, quite nice. it's cool yeah good touch and a personal bugbear of mine which it has managed not to do is it does actually use four for roman numerals <laughs> and no ivy oh. winner so let's have a quick vote on this final watch of today's hit miss and maybe get your cards ready and we will see now it is is it a global hit oh it's a maybe for it's because he's worried about selling his mother's house <laughs> <laughs> Right, so it's, yeah, it's a hit from everyone except the longest who doesn't want to have to live in the street. So, <laughs> so that's, good. that's good stuff. So other things happening this week that are worthy of a chat is, I think this is hot off the press today. I, others may know about it in advance, but certainly this was always on the cards. This is Watch Pro, the eBay are now saying that they'll authenticate in the States every watch sold over $2,000. Good luck. What do, what How are they going to do that? that will do? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. I read the article. So the, the way that they're planning to have it work is uh, once you buy a watch from somebody, then it gets shipped to uh, eBay's like third-party verification facility. Then they do their verification. They give you a special tag, and then they two-day ship it onto you. And allegedly with no no additional charge, right? Yes. So the, uh, that's the, fishy. Is that <laughs> eBay is now taking responsibility for the authenticity of the products because there has been so many issues with eBay with counterfake, uh, counterfeit, and fake um, that they have decided to bring in a, an entirely new team. In fact, there is a new CEO of the company they brought in a new person to head the whole luxury watches and jewelry department. And they are subcontracting one company for now, but probably a second one to handle all the authenticity. eBay will pay for this. It's going to be part of probably a deal they have with the vendors. But the crazy thing is that they have already warned all the vendors that if they send them a fake watch, they will confiscate it and they will notify the authorities. So what's going to happen is that all those fakeos are going to kind of twice about sending uh, alleged fake watches to um, to their buyers because now it goes it's going to go through eBay that is going to go through an entire verification process and eBay is now responsible so they they're not going to want to miss on that one. So can I use eBay to buy the bottom seiko that I want? Yeah. <laughs> So on that note, though, Sophie, so some obviously throughout history, there have been thousands of watch manufacturers, each requiring individual tools specific to that brand. Additionally, when you take the case back off some of these, those gaskets are going to disintegrate or they'll be gook. So are they going to replace those case back, uh, the gaskets now? Yeah. Like, so, what's gonna happen? so what's going to happen is that they're going to have uh, authentication processes that are going to be different from the vintage watches to the modern watches. And they're going to have some vintage experts that are going to be part of their team. Also, they're going to be outsourced. Um, and they're going to hire some um, watchmakers that do have access to some of those parts. So whenever the watch is going to be open, the choice is going to be given to either the buyer or to eBay. Do you want us to restore the watch? Because that can be For done. free. Oh, okay. <laughs> that can be eBay's responsibility. Okay. Right? eBay is going to be responsible for this. 
but they're gonna have the option by the watchmaker. Okay, this watch is sending me, you're sending me. If I touch it, like you said, it will disintegrate. Do you want me to, to, to move forward and restore it? Or do you want me to just authenticate it based on what I can see without really going too much into it? And eBay is going to really have that conversation with those uh, service centers. And I know who they're hiring. So because I've been, I've been kind of part of that process a little bit. Since the Sounds guy, like it. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that took over the department is, was the CEO of True Facet. So he used to, he was the founder of True Facet. And after True Facet, he went into um, something else and then moved on to eBay to manage a department. So I was kind of, you know, kind of helping a little bit to source the right people. Yes. And so I know how it's going to work. Cool. But as long as there's no Australians called Chris working for them, then. <laughs> <that'd be> <laughs> <laughs> so how long is it going to take if you, if you, oh, sorry, sorry, please go ahead. Oh, it's okay. Oh, um, I thought, I think it's a good idea, especially in the age of COVID, since a lot of people, there's still people that, like in the US, that can't leave their house and still want to watch. I mean, I bought my tutor in the midst of quarantine and obviously couldn't leave my house, but. And I had to really do my research of like where I should get it. I don't want to get like this was my one of my favorite watches that I've really wanted for a long time, but I just didn't want to get a fake. So it, this is a really good way of making sure that you're getting what you want. Yeah, I, I mean, agree if they can and, if they can pull it off in a way that a lot of money into this new concept. Yeah. So, the the funding is there. I said eBay is investing a lot of money in order to make this happen. So we don't have that situation that, like you're mentioning, Sam, because I'm not buying from eBay. I would not buy from eBay as it is today, unless I know the vendor personally, and then I would just go directly through him. But I would just not trust eBay at this point. Now, it's this is, no one thinks that this will ruin the magic. Like I go to eBay to find the cool <laughs> stuff that no one that people a think are fake because they don't want to take a risk or b because the pictures are blurry, like. Will this ruin the magic of eBay? I think it may. <laughs> but that, but that oh. magic still exists for everything under two thousand yeah. dollars. Oh yeah, which is true. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So as long as you're cheap, you can still get it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I can sell and the watch to myself, right? Oh yeah. Get it for and then I got it certified, so I know <laughs> if my Panerai is real. <laughs> and then just because he's not here. Uh, Ricky got a new job this week, and he is now oh, <laughs> ambassador. So, uh, is this the before or after picture? Let him be the judge of that. Anyway, thank you all very much. Anybody got anything they particularly want to leave us with? A thought for the week or anything they're looking forward to? Hands up. Nope, Cole, what have you got coming up in the next week? Any particular articles to look out for or projects you're working on? Me, you said? Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, a few, few the, the Seiko finally. So the same treatment as the marathon. The, the idea with the Seiko is in America, we're so hung up on the Willard, the Willard, the Willard. And that's kind of a myopic approach. I think it's better to look at this watch in terms of what it's done in terms of the Antarctic expedition uh, this, the Willard, the, the 6105 is much more than the Willard. So that's kind of the frame of reference that I'm going into writing this with. So it gets into cultural relativism on, in our world, in the watch world, and reframes the, the Willard into to something that's just a, an awesome watch. So that's the next thing I'm working on. You do, you do. Well, and anybody else got anything exciting happening? I have, I have this, this guy came from eBay. Yeah. It's a, it's a 40 year old watch that my dad used to wear. It's a Dugena, a digital watch from, from, from Germany. And it had a super cool feature and it took me three years to find one on eBay. Um, you can tell it after one month of how many seconds it went fast or slow, and then it will adjust. Right, it tells it itself or you have to tell? No, no, you have to tell it how fast it went after one month of wearing it. 
okay. how many seconds fast it was. And then it will adjust the next month then automatically to that. Oh, right. Okay. So, as opposed to just at the end of each month, you adjust your watch. Yeah. And then it doesn't run as fast <laughs> the next month. Right, no, you I just set it again every month. <laughs> oh, so it's not under Solved. Like, <laughs> I can do that on no. my watch. No, right, okay. I understand. I understand. Yeah. Uh, so my dad wore this watch and I, it remember, I remember it being so big and it's so tiny. <laughs> you know? Childhood memories, they're always different. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And finally, anybody else got something they want to tell us for the week ahead? Or are we all good to go? Nope, everybody's quiet, so that's good. We're all quiet <laughs> for the week. Uh, thank you all very much for joining us, uh, both you all in person, so to speak, and everybody in the chat. That was much appreciated. We will see everybody again next week. So as we say on the show, so we say here, it's goodbye from me. And I also have to say that a bit, and it's goodbye from them. So that's it for this week's Scottish Watchers Live. If you want to understand what we're looking at when we chat, tune in every Friday on the Scottish Watchers Live YouTube channel at 4pm UK time. You also check out the main podcast and all the other video content and articles which we have that you'll find by searching Scottish Watchers everywhere. So thanks for joining us. I'm Phil Oligus, Walrus Watch on Instagram. Till next time, take care. Oh, no, no, no.